The roof of Sam Neill's mouth is cold. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is in the mouth of madness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, Justin Waddell. Justin, how's it going? I'm all right. Cool, man. Got, so, the, got the sniffles still. Yeah. Does that bother you? Nope. Does it bother the listeners? They don't care. They don't care. About? Anything. Um, uh, we're here. It's the, uh, it's the, la- it's almost, we're almost at 50. Yes. Yeah, we're we're unlike the past fifteen years or so. How long have we been doing this? Two thousand three, two thousand five, two thousand five. Mm, well, not quite fifteen years then. We've been quite consistent with consistent with this show. How you feeling about it? It's fine. I think we're, we're we're really helping people learn a lot about film. I mean, I think that's the goal. Yeah, we're definitely. This is a, it's a piece of shit. Speaking of the goal, what what are we usually trying to do with the show, Nick? What are we trying to accomplish with, with the show? What's the premise? We like to zoom in. Mm-hmm. So we like to take a, a take a film and we watch it with a set of fucked up eyes. <clears throat> and then we strip the veneer off and, and scratch with our fingernails until we get to the real meat down there. Right. And then we, we, uh, we pull out the little fragments that make or break and we share them with the likes of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We zoom in. We so if zoom. we're talking about levity, we're not going to talk about the scene where... Ben Stiller uh, works himself into a lather. Is he in that? I don't remember Levity. Am I wrong? Are you thinking of the the Jack Black Ben Stiller one? I don't think that's Levity. You are thinking of Envy, you piece of shit. Levity. Maybe I'm wrong. Thinking of American Pie? Eugene Levity? You're usually not wrong. I'm wrong. Let's start kicking it off with a little IMDb search. Do you see what Billy Bob looks like in Levity? I do. Looks frightening. Looks a, got a little bit of a uh, is that Billy, his real hair. Got a little bit of a Billy Drago look in that. But here's the thing about Billy Bob: been bald for a while, at least losing his hair yeah. for a long time. He overwigs. He's one of those actors that overwigs. Yeah. You see him, and whenever his the role calls for hair, or whenever he asks the director if he can have hair in this, mm-hmm. it's always elaborate. It's kind of like Nicolas Cage. They always kind of does he overwig. He overwigs, okay. and it's just like it's just too much hair. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I guess I can relate. I mean, if you lose your hair and you get to have hair again, yeah, go crazy. Yeah. 
and Billy Bob Thornton certainly does. It makes me happy. I gotta tell Billy Bob Thornton. I got a little message for him. I don't know if he listens to the show. Doesn't. You got a big, bald, beautiful head, sir. Don't hide it. Yeah, well, it barely looks good with hair. Um, <laughs> don't listen to that last part, Billy Bob. <laughs> Billy so, Bob, by the way, great. he got far on that name. Billy Bob Thornton, he yeah. got. That's a tough name to get famous with. Yeah. Zoom in. He's the most famous Billy Bob. It sounds like a joke. Yeah. You know? Anyway. So Great actor. Today we're going to talk about John Carpenter's seminal In the Mountains of Madness. What? Or in the mouth. Oh, you did it on purpose. Yeah. It's a play on words. Mm-hmm. I never really put that together. Isn't that funny? What year did this come out, Justin? 1993. Mm-hmm. I was still in college when it came out, and I saw it in college, and I have a story about it. I, ever, I think I told this story on here before. Were you alone? I wasn't. In the theater laughing? I wasn't. But the movie ends with Sam Neill alone in an empty theater going crazy, mm-hmm. laughing at the screen, and then, then not laughing so hard. And when I left, I was at, it was at a night. It was a late showing. I was with a, uh, a friend of mine, a, a female. Fuck yeah. I don't remember her name. And um, very nice. And uh, we left. And when we left, the theater was dark. There was no one in there. No one was working behind the counter. Mm-hmm. We let ourselves out. It was like almost like everybody went home. Mm-hmm. And then when we drove back to campus, there's no one on the road. It was very eerie. Very Are you strange. in Pennsylvania? Or? I went to school in Ohio. Yeah. But I just, it was like a very strange continuation of a film which has a very strange vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So as always a memorable movie going experience for me. Cool. Shout out to the, my companion who I don't remember her name cause it's been a long time. She's nice. She lived here actually. Atlanta. 93. I was a waiter. Yeah. Yep. At Alta Bellies. Meeting Catherine. I had met her already. She worked there, right? Yeah. Um, <coughs> but, uh, yeah, this was a big one for me when it came out. I was a huge John Carpenter, as we both were, a huge John Carpenter fan. Still a big, big John Carpenter fan. Yeah, to an extent. Well, I think this is considered his last great film. And it's flawed. Of course it is, but it's still a good movie, I think. The third of his Apocalypse trilogy. That's what he, and he said that. Yeah. So that, in that, let's talk about the Apocalypse trilogy. So it starts it's the with Ward. The, <laughs> starts with The Thing. Yeah. Prince. Uh, Prince of Darkness comes in there. Yeah, and then this. And, and out of the out of those three movies, the thing is considered his classic. Uh, Prince of, Prince of Darkness does not talked about that much. It's a great movie, and this movie's not talked that mu- about that much. And it's this a pretty movie's good movie. talked about a good bit. You think so? Yeah, it's it's below. I think Prince of Darkness is one of the truly unsettling movies, though. Yeah, they he did a great job with that, making it. It's a really eerie film. Yeah, yeah. and it's is it in Pennsylvania? Uh, but it's. Yeah, and it's it's a mean movie. It's good. It's yeah. and the characters suffer. Yeah, yeah, and they're camping out in a church, which is a dumb thing. They shouldn't have. That was that was. A, I remember that movie scaring me in the theater. This one didn't scare me in the theater. I was giddy when I was watching this movie. So I love this movie when I saw it in the theater too. Uh, in the Mouth of Madness came out nineteen. It says ninety four actually here. Maybe it was ninety four. Uh, so it's right around the same time as Jurassic Park. 
so then Village of the Damned comes out a year after. Masterpiece. Escape from L.A. a year after that. Gigantic masterpiece. Vampires two years after that. I like vampires. Vampires is a tough movie for me because I read the the book. I read the book, loved it, and the movie, outside of a pretty good James Woods performance, does not hold up. And Cheryl Lee is good in it too, but you're forgetting Dracula or the the headman. I'm not, and I'm certainly not forgetting Daniel Baldwin. Daniel Baldwin rocks this fucking earth in this movie. And vampires? Yeah. James Woods is such a good guy. Miscast. <laughs> James Woods a good guy? He's such a good guy. It's, it's, I can't watch his movies and not think about what a great person he is. He's such a pile of shit, but he is definitely good movies. Yep. And not cast anymore and stuff because he's such a dick. Yeah, he's a super turd. All right, so let's talk a little bit about In the Mouth of Madness, which is maybe one of Carpenter's strangest films. Maybe the strangest. How's that? He didn't write it. Does he ever write his films? He wrote Halloween. Yeah, he's written, he's written plenty of his films before. Th- did he write this thing? He's written all sorts of shit. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. And so... Written by a future studio head, Michael DeLuca. Right. Who run New Line. Who... This is his certainly his best film. He did, like, Freddy's Dead, which is an awful film. Uh, he didn't write that much. But this movie... It's a, it's, a film, it's a movie about a horror author named Sutter Kane. Mm-hmm. It's not about him. But it's it surrounds the legend and the mystery of this missing writer, like a writer, like Steve. He's like Stephen King. Uh, he's about to deliver his new manuscript to his publisher, and he goes missing. Mm, sure does. And they get uh, private eye. I don't know what he does. A detective. What's his? They hire he's a corporate like an insurance. He's an in insurance, insurance guy, world. but he's like a he's like a detective, really. Yeah, like a claims inspector or something. Some dumb shit. <clears throat> they get Sam Neill on the case to track down uh, this mess- missing author. And the thing about uh, Sutter Kane is he's so popular and he's so well widely read that pe- there's a cult that kind of has surrounded his books. People are really champ at the bit. Is that right? How do you say it? Okay. Waiting for his new books and they go crazy when they come out. Yep. And so there's a little bit of a legend that when you read his stuff, you go a little bit crazy. Wow. Yep. Did, I, did I sum it up? How did that go? It's exciting. Did you like it? Yeah. Riveted. Sam Neill is not a believer. No. He thinks all this is bullshit. He's on the trail of this missing author, and he's convinced that it's a big game the publisher's playing to stoke interest in the novel <clears throat> by missing author going to find him he thinks it's all a joke mm-hmm. he's, but he's getting paid because we see him earlier in the film realizing what a what a liar Peter Jason is yeah, him he, and Bernie Casey sniff it out mm-hmm. figure out he's full of shithole and so yeah his instincts are they his his instincts are on point usually and so if he feel, if he smells or sniffs out a fraud it usually is a fraud if, yeah. he, if he senses a fraud and so yeah he's introduced um, uh, grilling uh, the legendary Peter Jason yep um Who's a big? Uh, uh, he's in Deadwood, Peter Jason. He's but in he, a lot. He's in a lot of Carpenter stuff. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff too. Right. He's in um, what's his face? Ridley Scott stuff. Every once in a while, pops up in there. Wasn't um, he a Matchstick Man or no? I don't know. He's in a lot of shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm a bro. Is he still with us? Of course. Of course. Of course he is. Yep. It's a firsty firsty. What does that mean? Got two first names. No. 
Thanks for that. Zoom in. Yeah, he's always good. So we mentioned Sam Neill. Let's talk a little bit about the cast of this film. Yeah, let's, let's, let's quickly. You go for it. I, I when I was watching Since this, I'm annoying you already, so you go for no, it. No, no. When I was watching it, I was instantly realizing that there's a reason Sam Neill doesn't star in a lot of movies. You don't like him in this? He's fine. He's great in this. He's fun. But that's a lot of Sam Neill. He does a great job in this uh, of not going crazy too early. He plays it straight up to the very, very end. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's introduced where he's a little bit nuts, but yeah. his the, the whole movie's a flashback because he, he starts, he, they kick things off in an insane asylum. He's in a padded room, a cell. He's getting interviewed by the legendary David Warner. And so David Warner has an, an, an amazing ability to have 80s hair always. He's had 80s hair even in the 70s. David Warner... Uh, Villain of Time Bandits, amazing. Time after time. Time after time. Jack the Ripper. Villain in Ti- Titanic. Star Trek Six. Well, he's he's the he's not the big bad. In Titanic, yeah. Well, Billy Zane is right. No, the iceberg. I know, but doesn't David Warner and Billy Zane are kind of bad guys in Titanic? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah with iceberg, yeah, takes yeah. the cake. Yeah. And everything else in the boat. <laughs> he's also uh, he's 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 great. He's undiscovered country. He's great. Yeah, I love him. But anyway, he shows up in this. He's great in The Omen. Not a bad guy. Correct. Uh, in fact, he's he's the person that's sitting by the campfire listening to the tale in this. There's no campfire. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Figured it. Pad fire, I guess, because in the padded cell. Pod fire is what this is. Oh, damn straight. John Glover. John Glover plays a... Uh, Star of Gremlins 2. Right, he plays a, uh, I guess, the warden of the insane asylum, sort of, at least he's a like worker. He's like an orderly, like a glorified orderly, I guess. He's, I don't know. Yeah, he's chewing up the scenery a little bit in that role, as usual. So anyway, so you're introduced to Sam Neill, who is um, uh, crazy, um, painting all of his cells and crosses with a black crayon in his face. That's a lot of, that crayon went a long way. It did. Um, a pretty cool set. I thought I liked that. He, Sam uh, Neill, Nick said... He has a green, like, kind of uh, hospital gown on, and he had, he had uh, painted, uh, drawn crosses all over it. Mm-hmm. And Nick said that's a, he'd love to get a pop vinyl figure. What is it? A pop yeah, figure of that. Think they'll make one? Well, you're right. They make, ma- make stupid-ass ones. They might as well make a good one. Yeah. And so he starts to tell his tale, and it's his tale, and it's about how he ended up in the insane asylum. And I, I'd say that it makes sense. Why yeah. he'd be there. Yeah, yeah. Because zoom in. Yeah. Because he's a fictional character created by an insane writer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. The rest <clears throat> of the cast, uh, you have Julie Carmen, who sucks. Why do you not like her? She she, she almost ruins this movie. She quits herself? She does not. Her her line delivery, her, her energy, she almost kills this film. She does what's asked. Barely. Do you remember her from anything else? No. She played the villain in Fright Night 2. She played the Jerry Dandridge's, I guess, sister? Okay, or... that was her? Mm-hmm. I don't remember her. I do remember at Comic-Con. Um, she didn't show up. She didn't show up for Comic-Con. Julia Carmen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, where the world is Carmen? And they said... Not 
So here's the thing. I don't think she sucks on this. She sucks bad. You don't like I, her. I want to like her because she's got. She's a part of some really cool scenes. Yeah. She is the. Uh, she her. She has her energy sucks. Her her uh, her when she's been tasked in <clears throat> moving along through the frame and doing shit, she sucks at it. I don't agree. She's not a natural actor. She doesn't do a good job of 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 uh, selling this movie. Don't agree with that. Yeah, I watched it just now with you, mm-hmm. and uh, I was. She's not throwing it me was off. Her, it was hurting watching her move around. All right, Uncle, I give up. <laughs> uh, so the movie starts off that, um, and they make some hay out of this. That Sam Neill kicks an orderly in the balls. I mean, they make a minimum amount of hay. They show it, they talk about it, and then later they refer to those testicles of being swollen. That's yeah. being swollen. Yep. Um, that's a lot of ball talk. That's It's weighted very heavily, too, because those balls never come back up. No. Yeah. Um, Carpenter thought he was creating comic gold, though, didn't he? I mean, it is funny. Isn't it funny? I'm trying to figure out if it is. Did you ever get knocked in the... And the beans, so Fuck to speak. Yeah, man. You did? My shit racked. All right. Do you remember the worst time? Mm-hmm. All right. Give me, give me a little. Let's take it back, like <laughs> Sam Neill does it's in this movie. Playground, some playground activity. Yeah. What about it? Hmm. Just had my shit shitted. So it wasn't that bad. What you're saying? My voice didn't change. I didn't fucking make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking felt like I'd. Felt like I'd, I'd eaten a rubber band or something. Yeah, I had a cannonball slingshotted into mine. <laughs> I was in the hospital for five months. Oh, mm-hmm. you were one of the new mutants. They did testicle repairs. <laughs> Nineteen surgeries. Um, Samuel's but you, you accent. Said, but you said you're on a playground. Yeah, that sounds tough. Samuel's accent is all over the place on this. All map. over the map. Yeah. Uh, I think he does okay. He's. I mean, it's fine. This is a uh, this is a post Jurassic Park. I think it's Sam Neill. I think it's post. It came out. If it came out, Jurassic Park came out in ninety four as well. I think it's post. I think I would say. That I think Jurassic was Park was ninety three. Let me look it up. Jurassic Jurassic P. Ninety three. Ninety three. It came out before, and they said, "Fucking Sam Neill can lead a film. Let's get him in the, in the mouth of madness." Um, and he's used to there's um, some there's some Lovecraftian beasts at the end that are chasing him and he he's used to fucking being chased by creatures from Jurassic Park yep. that yep. you can't see yep. although it looks like they actually made the creatures for this they looks did. like that they made some crazy puppets yeah K and B right is that who it was yeah yeah oily wet things moving around <sighs> yeah what do you think of the name Sutter Kane it's great and it was obviously a play on Stephen King. Sort of. The covers kind of look like the, of the books, the fake books in this look kind of like Stephen King covers. Mm-hmm. The initials are sort of the same. You think and if, if it was Sutter Kane with a K, yeah. it'd be the same initials, but it's actually C. But it's a hard C. A-N-E. Yeah. It's not um, Sutter Sane. Now, there's several times that Stephen King is referred to in this movie, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Almost in a, in a rip way, like a rip. Oh, rip. The rip. But it almost like, you know, Sutter Kane makes Stephen King look like a, you know, doesn't outsells him basically. But Carpenter is friends with King. It wasn't like he was ripping him. He right. was just using him as like a, as a reference point in this. We're almost done. <laughs> the podcast. 
I'm um, just trying to create some conversation so around let me, let me in the mouth back. of madness. So let me take, take it back. Let me take it back to Billy mm. Zane. Yeah. Um, was in a movie with Sam Neill. First time I ever met Sam Neill. You met Sam Neill? I mean, on screen. First time we ever, we oh. ever saw him on it. Okay. Do you remember that movie? Billy Zane and Sam Neill? Nicole Kidman. Oh, Dead Calm. Yeah. I love Dead so Calm. So I've told that story on the old podcast. What? About when I worked at the movie theater. I don't remember so this. So when I worked in the movie theaters when that movie came out. Right. <coughs> and the projectionist, the other projectionist, Gary, mm-hmm. had a learning disability. Okay. Um, he'd always shake your hand and say, let me see your grip. And he was a little weird. Okay. But he, you know, he did all the work. He, he, didn't, he wasn't, you know, but he wasn't the brightest or the sharpest. So one of our tasks, um, would we'd, we'd have to climb up this very dangerous thing to, to change the, the, the movie marquee mm-hmm. near the highway. And it was way up there. So imagine my surprise when I drive up on Friday morning and see Gary's handiwork. <laughs> Dead clam. <laughs> Dead clam, rated R. <laughs> Pretty special. Did you leave it up as long as you could? I did. I, and back, think about if if it was today, man. That'd be all over the internet. Mm-hmm. It'd be viral. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> Second Bernie Casey movie we've done here on the movie microscope. I know. I get excited. I get excited when I saw Bernie Casey's name in the credits. He's in one scene. There are two. He's scenes. in two scenes. Yeah. It quits himself quite nicely. I guess you're not going to have the same criticism of his performance. Not at all. He's fine. That you leveled at. <laughs> Julie Carmen. Whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even mention Sutter Kane himself. Jürgen Proch now. Yes. Now, what else has he been in, Nick? That the you... Keep. And? Das Boot. Das Boot. That's his big one. Yeah. How is his hair in this? It's fucking wild and crazy. It's the craziest hair. He has evil hair in this. Yeah. They make a lot of, uh, you know, they his entrance is teased for a long time. And when he finally enters, he finally enters the film uh, by, uh, I guess, transforming from a little boy into himself somehow behind church doors. I don't think he's transforming I, from a little boy. It just kind of looks like that. He... Uh, it's got the shit eating, eating shit eating shit eating grin, and the wildest hair in Look, this film. The funny thing is that guy is so good. He's good. He's so effective. Right. Still working. Still working. Pronounced Jurgen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just scrolling through his career is like a fucking time. It's like traveling through great time. How old is the man? Is he's in his seventies? Probably seventh right? sign. Fucking Beverly Hills Cop two. Jurgen probably always plays a bad guy, probably in the U.S. at least. That's a, that's a fair estimate. Um, that's a tough name to say. Another tough name to get famous with, right? Not not in his native. Is Jurgen Billy Bob? Is that what it means? And in... no, it means hand lotion, Germany. <laughs> Prochnow. I can't spell it. I'm over here trying to Google. I mean, it's not even happening. They're like, no results, bro. bro. What are you talking about? Is it J-E-R? J-U-E-R. It's native language, but J-U-R in, in English. Jurgen Prochnow. Still doing it on both sides of the pond. Yeah. You got to love that about him. 
He's a, he's still a name. Like he still carries weight. Yeah, but he got arrested recently. Did he really? He was drugging up. Public. It's a shame. So, Ju- so Julia Carmen's bad. The policeman's weird in this too. <laughs> All right. Uncle. So the movie kind of starts off where, you know, they're Bernie Casey is telling Sam Neill about the next case that they're going to work on. They're, he's impressed with Sam Neill's skills. He's like, you really got a, an amazing ability to suss out these frauds. Yeah. As they're doing this, as they're having this discussion in a restaurant, passing back files. Yeah. Outside of the restaurant, kind of a cool things happening. Yeah. You see this axe wielding weirdy. Come out of across the street. You ain't people, kidding. People starting to flee in terror from him yep. as our hero and Bernie Casey, yep. our personal hero, Bernie yeah. Casey, are having this mundane conversation and this axe wielding maniac is coming towards them. He's a weirdy. I think he had it right mm. the first time. And, you, you know, they don't suspect a thing until the window shattered by an axe yep. and they they drop down to the floor in terror. And he, and he says, do you read Sutter Kane? He says that the Sam Neill. He's very fixated on the whole time he's looking at Sam Neill through the window. That's Conrad Berkschneider, in case you're wondering. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he gets killed twice in this. He does. So he gets once ki- willingly though. He gets killed by pl- the police before he's able to plunge an axe into Sam Neill's chest. And he's a sacrificial. And then later in a kind of a dream sequence, when Sam Neill's reading some Sutter Kane, he gets axed to death. He, by a mad group of weirdies. Yeah, he he does. <laughs> Dies twice in a carpenter. Would think he's the only person that ever died twice in a carpenter film? I doubt it. We should have done the research. Well, bro. everybody that becomes the thing sort of dies twice. You're kind of right. How many times does Michael Myers die? Jesus fuck. Never. He gets killed all the time. Doesn't. He lives. You think he does, but he doesn't. He survives. So here's the thing about this movie. <laughs> this movie is just a collection of wonderful ideas, but n- the connective tissues a little flawed. It's like here's a neat thing we could do. Here's a neat thing we could do. Here's a neat thing we could do. Here's a scary thing we could do. It's well, just a bunch of shit. It's like a, it's like going through a carnival funhouse. You're right. Sam Neill, and it's this neat, like interesting, underdeveloped idea after another, which well, I like. But it's, it's not underdeveloped. It, it feels it feels a little bit more like Disjointed. just a bunch of shit thrown at the wall. Which so, is fine. You know, you know, I'm wondering, because you look at the writers, you look at the writers, <coughs> excuse me, you know, he, like he wrote Freddy's Dead, for example. Um, I think he wrote some other stuff. I wonder how much Carpenter's talents enabled this to rise above that guy's other writing. Because, I don't think it's the writing. I mean, uh, Michael DeLuca is, is like one of the best people. He was one. He was a very good studio head. Okay. He was a good, he was a good idea person. He was a mm-hmm. good creative guy right so well um this movie's very creative uh like nick said it's it feels like like an odd assembly of stuff but at the same time it mirrors sam neill's descent into madness so he is a character that's trying to investigate trying to uh find out where this author is ends up in a very strange town um kind of shrugs off everything that's strange uh, that that's kind of going on around him. At the end, he has to finally kind of accept 
that the world's gone absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yep. I think I think the problem is this would have been this is a movie that they should have been given more money. With a budget, this film could have been something. I, no, else. I mean they couldn't have made it with they if it was. There's no way you give them money like more money to this film. No, they were they had their budget cut on this movie. Like they they had more budget, and that's why they had oh, to make yeah, allowances. Because this mean, it's could probably have been, a smart decision in a way. I disagree. There's no way this was a hit. It wasn't a hit, but this would have been a great balls to the wall, like, like a balls to the wall, like a list horror film that people realized it was great down the line. I still think it is exactly that. I have to say Don't that I think call it's this a, an A-list horror film. It's hard to say that, but I think it is a. It's a movie that's still worth watching, and it, oh, absolutely, and it's so it's totally confident, and it's it's a it's a good movie. I mean, you could see people. They're always playing these kind of movies at revival houses, and stuff like that. This movie would play like gangbusters, I think. Just imagine. Uh huh. If they had the money to not have Julie Carmen in this. That's why they had her in this. It's because of the budget. There's no Julie Carmen. Who was that? You know, like exactly. So that's they got. They spent all their money on Sam Neill and Bernie Casey. No, they didn't. Sam Neill was the cheapest shit. You think Jurgen got paid? Oh yeah, Hayden Christensen. So let's talk about that. Maybe the first Hayden is this is the it's, first Hayden it's, it's, appearance, it's, it's, it's right? Whipping ass. So Hayden Christensen appears as a paper boy in this, mm-hmm. and uh, later went on to star in Takers. To star in that movie about the power going out or whatever, Virgin Suicides. Oh, but yeah, uh, obviously Anakin Skywalker and not Phantom Menace, but Attack, Attack of, of the, the Clones. Clones and it, the other one. And A lot of hubbub. In, he'll be in Rise of Skywalker. You think so? Oh, I'm sure. Star of it. I hope not. Uh, so, all right, so. We didn't mention Charlton Heston. We mentioned anything. We're kind of all over the place in this film. This sucks. But Sam Neill gets sent with uh, uh, Julie Carmen to find this author, and he they get sent by Charlton Heston. Yeah. What has to be one of his last appearances of the film, the famous star of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, he was in that. He is the publisher. He's like the head of the publishing agency, I guess, and he sends these two young attractive uh, folks into the wilderness, into the author hiding wilderness to find Jürgen Prochnow. Yeah. You're talking about Jackson Harglow? <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking about Jackson Harglow. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, uh, so they do. They they take a car ride. They they drive all night. They see weird shit. They fall asleep as one other person's driving. They so, hit an old person. What do you think about this? Yeah, they do that. Let's... When they're driving, then uh, Samuel's driving, and Julie Carmen is fa- she falls asleep. He gets a it looks like a bicycle horn from the glove compartment, and he beeps it in her ear. He wakes her up with it. He's weird. It's not nice. Yeah, and she's mad about it. I don't blame her. It sucks being Julie Carmen. And then later she's driving and uh, think all this weird stuff's happening. He's snoozing through it. And then she hits a, a boy. At one point she hits a, a, she sees a boy, and then she sees an old man on a on the same bike, and she hits the old man. And the boy's inside the old man saying, yes. let me out or some shit. That's very strange. And then uh, they go to wrap the body up with a blanket. The boy's on a bike. He's fine. I'm fine. The I'm old out man, of here. The old man boy. Yeah. So then she'll, she, she continues. And she looked like a mixture of... Uh, Anakin and Palpatine. Looks like a little, 
looks a little bit like John Carpenter. Yeah, like the makeup job. They have, and it's not a real old man. It's a a makeup yeah. job. It's yeah. it's really odd. It's a bad choice. But then, but it's also unsettling. It's cute. John Carpenter has a cameo in this beginning. Carpenter has a lot of bike horror in his movies, like the, like weird bike stuff. Like the, the scene where McCready's biking away from the thing. Exactly what I was thinking. Scene. Of. And then when Michael Myers is on a bike, like through all of Halloween. And then when in Prince of Darkness, when the guy gets stabbed to death by a bike. Yeah. So basically, he has two instances of bike horror. You said more than that. I made up shit. All those are made up. <laughs> I remember Christine's actually a bike. Um. Yeah, no, it, it's great. So th- but she drives over clouds. Yeah, of course. That's how you get on into her, Hobbs End. On, on the way to Hobbs End. Um, so what happens is they drive into a town after this weird stuff happens on the road. Sam Neill wakes up after Julie Carmen looks out her window and realizes they're driving over clouds. Mm-hmm. Ends up in Hobbs Town in the middle of day. Hobbs End. Hobbs End. And um, what I call it, Hobbs Town. <laughs> and, uh, it's hard to keep a job there. And they... Uh, no one's there. The town's kind of deserted. Julie Carmen keeps seeing weird stuff happening. Sam Neill doesn't notice it. And then um, everything that's happening in that town is weird. Is in the new book that Julie Carmen, who is Sutter Kane's editor, has already read. So she recognizes all this weird shit happening. But she's not real either. She's not real either. Neither is Sam Neill. It is a weird. very strange yeah. film. Sam Neill, the whole thing is he realizes as the movie goes on that he's a fictional character and that he's being written by the mad author Sutter Kane. Yeah. So that begs the question, is this just are we just watching a book? Is this just Sutter Kane's latest opus and we're just watching it? Or are we just tools in his charade? Did he write us? Such a good great question. line dialect. See the instrument of the homecoming. So pretentious. The original line was see the instrument of prom. <clears throat> You can edit that out. <laughs> you have my permission. Favorite? What's your favorite spooky, creepy in this? <laughs> I love the old woman, the proprietor of the hotel. Pickman. Is that her name? Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Pickman? Pickman. Mrs. Pickman, played by Frances Bay, died. She that you She's you're gone. you're hoping that she is still alive. I do. I love that woman. She's great in this. Blows Carmen off the screen. Yeah. So she is a a, a kind of a, an old, just kind of sweet woman that is uh, renting rooms, but then she has a naked old man handcuffed to her ankle. Mr. Pickman. (laughs) Mr. Pickman. And Julie Carmen recognizes her from the book. And she paints creature paintings. Yeah, and there, the, there's a painting. That's one of the best creepy creepies. I like that too. there's, There's a painting that keeps changing. And at yeah. the end, it just it doesn't even bother hiding shit. No, it's, it's just like, here's some here's some Lovecraftian yeah. meat meat beats. So you're a big you've read a lot of Lovecraft, right? Yeah. <coughs> and you love crafts. I do. So what what do you uh, what's your favorite um, Lovecraft story? It's not one of his horror ones. Okay. Yeah. Ernest likes to scrape cheese. Yeah, that's a good one. A good one. But do you think this movie has a lot of? It's, yeah, it's got a lot of that. I mean, madness is such a piece, a big part of Lovecraft's shtick. Madnesses, and then and creatures. At that some are point, they, from they beyond the old ones. They reference shit. the old ones in this. So there's a lot of Lovecraft stuff. There's a lot of allusions to Stephen King. There's tentacles. But someone had put on 
the internet, like this in the, this review I was reading, that the reason the movie is as effective as it is is because it's it's its own thing. And I kind of agree. It is. It it's its own thing. Very strange. Although, t- in Carpenter's defense, he wanted to be as he wanted to make as Lovecraft as possible, so he got super racist during the making of this film. <laughs> yeah, because Lovecraft was a he was a big time racist, hardcore race. Racist. He, was the, did that show up in his work? I, a little bit, yeah, but yeah. also in his life. I didn't. Uh, I've never. I've not read a lot of Lovecraft. You're not missing out. You know why? Why? Because he's racist. I don't read that shit. Fuck him. He's goddamn. He's great. Poison pen. Yeah, he grew up in a time when it was perfectly cool to be awesome at racism. <coughs> well, I guess it would have fit in right fucking now. Resurrect <laughs> that piece of shit. Where's he from, Lovecraft? I think probably Philadelphia. I don't know. Maine? Is he an American guy? I don't give a Gotta fuck. You have to admit, his, his last name is Envy. Enviable. Nick Lovecraft, Justin Lovecraft. We could have. Could you have pulled that off? Providence, Rhode Island. He died at age forty-six. We've outlived him. Um. Yeah, you know, you know who else Lovecraft? Rachel True. Fruits of Balk. I went deeper. <laughs> Which one's Rachel True? She was the African American woman She's in that cute. movie. She's great. She's also in uh, Half uh, Bake. But uh, Fruzabalk, Rachel True. Who else? Oh, Alexis uh, Bladel? No, no, she's too young. Um, Bladel Alexis? No, uh, what's. The, uh, Robin Tunney? Robin Tunney's in that. Yeah. That's Tunney. what I was thinking. They look like. And there's a third, there's a fourth one. Yeah. Nev yeah. Campbell, maybe? No. Mm-mm. F. Murray Abraham. Yes. Murray. Man, Jurgen's hair in this, though. He teased it out. Yeah. And, and that's a brave decision considering all the wind machines that were used in this thing. Compare his hair to someone else. Compare? Mm-hmm. Compare, yeah. Can you compare it to someone else or anyone? Um, Chris Makepeace? <sighs> William Catt? Um, You're right, it wasn't Ev Campbell. Nick, they drove into a goddamn book. Did you notice that? <laughs> Nev Campbell was in that. I was right. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, so, uh, so at one point they show up to a church, old Sam Neill and Nick. That's one of the best cool. They show up to this crazy looking church. Dumbass, dumb church. That's when they first meet Jurgen. He's in, and these people uh, have come to, uh, the townsfolk have come with shotguns to say, hey, Jurgen, you're doing weird stuff gotten our kids or something it's like it's kind of confusing but Jurgen's smirking at them and then these Dobermans come out of nowhere and they start attacking the townsfolk and this guy does something very confusing he's running away from the, the dogs with the shotgun back he, to get away from them he backs into the front door of the car that's open mm-hmm. closes it then he backs into the pass the the the, the back door Mm-hmm. Car that's also open. He closes that with his back, falls down, and then he gets uh, mauled by the dogs. Yeah. So he had two chances to get into a car and get away. But keep in mind, uh-huh. and he had a gun. It's just being written. I'm not. I know it is, but you don't necessarily know that at the beginning. 
just like these kids get chasing the dog. Later on, dog has three legs. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Is that I didn't notice that, yet, but I heard you say kind of grumble when that happened. Is a three-legged dog? Yeah, I think it's. Oh, I don't think it's always a three-legged dog. I think it becomes one. Is it the same dog that was an Airbud? Yeah. By the way, these are more of those just neat ideas thrown together. But it all culminates into like a very unsettling film. I yeah, think. no, it's, it's eyes wide shut, but with fucking Mrs. Uh, fucking weird woman. So there's a scene when Sam Neill starts to realize that it's time to leave town. He's like, there's too much weird stuff happening here. Even the person I came with is acting like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Uh, it's a quote from the movie. And I'm going to leave town. And she, she, I'm going to take her with me. I think he, doesn't he punch her in the face? There's some punching. Throws yeah. her in the car because she's acting strange. She's dumb. Uh, then he realizes he doesn't have the keys. She does. And she eats the keys. Yeah, she eats the car keys. Yeah. But we found out on IMDb that, don't worry, everyone, those weren't real keys. Those keys were made of pasta. And I think that is one of the products that they could have done to help sell this film. Yeah. You could have had the in the mouth of madness pasta keys. Yeah, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, and then on the picture of the box, you could have her eating the keys. Little Laura... Little or Carmen San Diego. Carmen, uh, yeah. What's her name? Carmen to JoJo. No. Julie Carmen. Julie Carmen. Sounds like a singer. Eric Carmen is a singer. <sighs> Oof, what bad. You like him? Ugh. What do you think of those pasta keys, Nick? I think it's great. Yeah. Look delicious, actually. I was always wondering. I didn't it's know Alicia's that. Alicia's father's name. <coughs> Who? Alicia's father. That's, her, that's his name. When I was watching the film, when I saw it in the theater, I got hungry during that scene. I was you like, You didn't God, know why? What the? God, why? I wish IMDb existed. Why am I craving keys? You know? Yeah. I was licking my keys on the way home. Yep. As usual. Yep. Is that what you call them? Did, let me zoom in real quick, and I'm just going to ask you a kind of a personal question. Do you think Sutter yeah, Kane. Yeah, they're shaved. Huh? <laughs> Do you think Sutter Kane is a pain in this? He's annoying. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have gone. People went through a lot of trouble for him. He's type. He's a. He's a busting. He's completing a manuscript within the fictional world that he's creating. He's typing it up. In the worst writing room ever. And he, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's red. It's, it's, it's. The walls are moving. It's weird. It's like a video game. It's kind of like that game. It's like every horror video game. What's that game that people really like that's not that good? Super Smash Brothers. It's a horror game. And the the main character is a writer. It's a small town. Ah, it's a kind of a classic, sort of classic game. I don't remember. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'll think of it. Maybe. Um. At the end of the movie, <clears throat> Sutter Kane lays it all out for Sam, Sam Neill, and he says, "Basically, I'm writing you your fiction. You're going to take my." work back to the world and it's going to infect the world something crazy mm-hmm. and Sam Neill is like can't believe it he's not thrilled with all this and he's and <clears throat> uh, Sutter Kane points down this long shaft in this room and says you got to run with my manuscript down there and you better run for your lives because I got some creatures coming at you and he rips himself like he's a page very strange yep and then there's a rip in the wall that the creatures are going to come tumbling out of. Yeah. They call it the rip. Yeah, they do. 
and uh, Julie Carmen narrates. She reads the manuscript and she says, "Trent stands, yeah, at the edge of the rip." Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So, what do you that. think of that as a? It's, is lazy. This, it's lazy. Is this the only movie that features something called the rip as like a location? No, Beastmaster, um, <laughs> Men in Black. That is not a bad. If you're gonna end thing, if it's if it's gonna be over, game over for you on Earth. There's worse ways to go than standing at rip. the edge of the rip. Yeah, what kind of villain like who doesn't want his guy to get killed, wants him to deliver the manuscript, gives him a task that he that he completely controls? Can't, can't compare. <laughs> um, Sam Neill is losing his mind at this point. He, he's a he's being written to lose his mind, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, maybe we're kind of lost our minds watching this thing. It's wish, hard to talk about. I wish about. the movie could do that. Because, I mean, what I would want, like, before we did this, I, I just wanted to praise the movie. And then after watching it. Maybe it's you watched it with me or something, because it's, no, it's no, a praiseworthy it's, film. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's Lovecraft fan flick from time to time. Like, it's just a bunch of neat ideas mm-hmm. that doesn't. You know. Well, the original title of the movie is In the Rip of Madness. You know, when my kid was little. Uh-huh. It was so cute. We were, we'd drive past graveyards all the time, yeah. and he called them ripstones. Which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> That's cute. Because he saw R.A.P. on him. Was uh, Sam Neill, like, standing beside each of them? No. No, Rocky Balboa was reading to one of them. <laughs> Yo, Adrian, you know, like, maybe you shouldn't have died in the fucking between films. Yo, I hid this tree and this uh, chair in a tree. Hope no one else uses it, but if they do, just put it back up there. Doesn't he have a doesn't he have a chair I think in the tree? He does keep a chair in the tree. Yeah, yeah. Keeps the door on the floor too. Um, at the end, so Sam Neil escape escapes like so. He the monsters actually descend upon him, but he wakes up in the middle of the street of a normal street in broad daylight. With the manuscript. Yeah. He's fine. The creatures... What do you think of those creatures, by the way, chasing them? Kind of goofy looking, but fun. Yeah. Love crafty and beats. Lot, yeah. Beasts, lots of teeth. Yeah. Lots of oozing and weirdness. Yeah. Lots of, obviously, not uh, mobility. No. But looking weird. Sam looking, Neill's certainly scared of them. Yeah. Little in's mouth going on. And so they're about to eat him, but then he wakes up. He's fine. And uh, he ditches the manuscript. He's like, I'm not delivering this to civilization. Fuck that. But um, he gets to town and he starts to uh, explain to a person at the police station or something that, or maybe a librarian, I can't really tell, uh, about Hobbs End and she gets incensed. Yeah, he's pissed. And she says, there never was, this is the 10th time I told you, there never was, there, no, there not is, there never is, and there never will be. Which is presumptuous. A Hobbs End. I was like, never will be. It's, presu- it's presumptuous. Yeah. I wonder if he would have just f- fallen down in front of those creatures, what would have happened? They yeah. would probably, like, stopped and cried. They're, they've never had somebody just fall down. They've never had to actually catch anything because they're so weird. I know. Well, they, they're being written, too. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's so written. And in a way... So are we. We're getting written. That's not what I was going to say. Oh. Not exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> zoom in. I feel that way sometimes. I know. Sit in front of TV for eight hours straight, play video games when you want to take a break. That's how I'm being written. Yeah, tearing it out to like the, like the, like the least sexy thing in the catalog. 
It's like trying to grind one out, like looking at like fucking, mm-hmm. you know, record equipment and shit. Typey, type, type, type. Justin logs on to Wikifeet again. For Nikki the refreshes time. message boards. <laughs> Crestfallen. So Sam Neill kills a Sutter Kane fan at the end to get in, to get himself into an insane asylum. He axes him. Mm-hmm. Gets mad that a, after he gets back to reality, reality is, is insane. Yeah. That the publisher, Charlton Heston, doesn't know what he's talking about when he when he talks about Julie Carmen. He's like, I never, I don't know who you're talking about. Nothing's right. He's on posters for a movie that's coming out. Yeah. He is Sam Neill is losing it. Yeah, he's fucked up. And so how he responds is he acts, he acts, gets axe happy. And kills. A oh, this is after fan. he's left an asylum that is fucking ravaged too. No, this is before that. That's how he gets into this. Oh, right, <clears throat> I'm writing this at the end. Then the asylum goes dark. That's how he escapes, and then he goes to see himself in a movie, <sighs> and goes nuts. Yeah, pulls a Cape Fear almost. And then some of that dog shit John Carpenter music comes out. <laughs> the end. We nailed this one. It's not. It's not the best. It's good. It's one of Carpenter's better films. I love it. It's a mess. It's not even a mess. It's just a crazy movie. I really think it's one that a well orchestrated mess. That I'll give you. Mm-hmm. I just wish it. I just wish that it was a little bit more. Well, you're wrong. Because the ideas were plentiful, <coughs> you know, and some of the execution of some of the like the more like the that like, like that demon policeman. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awful. That's a bad makeup job. It's not all the way thought through. Um, no, but it's unsettling, I think. Yeah, there's a scene in this where this kind of a American Werewolf in London scene when they you wake up from a dream, wake up from a dream. There's it keeps being scares. You're still not yep. fully woken up. It's kind of cool, kind of cute. That involves the crazy policeman like you're talking about. Yep. Uh, all right. So. We nailed it. Crushed this one. We really fucked a wolf in this. Glad it's over, though. We didn't do a small... What's get, Name one small thing in this that we... Do you believe, by the way, in the power of writing? I think this movie uh, really believes in the influ- influence of books. There is the a precedent of, of a book manipulating a lot of people to do shit. Now, John Carpenter is a man that was never given his due. He made a lot of movies that in the theater tanked, but are very beloved now. Uh, You're at, John Carpenter has gotten nothing but love. What are you talking about? I'm just saying that never got the Hollywood love that he should have gotten. Great storyteller. Made should his, still be making movies. He's made a lot of money. With a, but with a budget. He's gotten a lot of taint. He's fine. He should have uh, <clears throat> been able to do his dream project. Which? Star is my destination. He wanted to do that, huh? That's why I read it because I read his passioned summary of impassioned summary of that novel. Alfred Bester, didn't I give that to you? Yeah, we talk about this all the time. All right, the end. You're franchising <clears throat> out. Oh yeah, of course. I'm gonna do a mouth, <coughs> mouth of madness mm-hmm. attraction of some sort. Right. Well, of course, I know what I would do. I would, I would get. Uh, you know how they do that with. I mean, this is gross, but or weird. But you know how with porn stars, they'll do uh, uh, replications of their genitals. <laughs> okay. 
I'm listening. I would do that with Sam Neill's mouth. And then I'd, you could fit his mouth into yours, and you can have Sam Neill's mouth in, from In the Mouth of Madness okay. in your mouth. All right. That would be the full title of the product. I think that would work. I think that there's this this movie very focused on mouths. Lots of mouth talk in this. Lots of uh, every time they're showing faces, there's usually a mouth in there somehow. And uh, I'll tell you what, if they made a uh, perfect replica of Sam Neill's mouth, yeah, it'd get some use. There's a man. I'd be home getting my dick sucked by Sam Neill. <laughs> then I go buy that damn mouth. <laughs> So uh, I hate whenever uh, I'd crush it, and it's up now. It's you have to follow suit. I don't know how you can <laughs> how can you live up to the product from this movie that they should have made. Yeah, Sam Neill's mouth from it in the mouth of madness. Yeah, you can wear his mouth. <laughs> I would open up a yogurt shop, uh, Jurgen's yogurt. Okay. Uh, everybody that works there has his hairstyle. <laughs> And then all the flavors have Sutter Kane kind of connotation. You know, like Madness Mint and, uh, you know, Cane Cherry. and, and <laughs> Everybody that works there has to have his hair? Yeah, his haircut. <laughs> That'd be a lot of hair and yogurt in there. Yeah. Well, not only that, these people, what about if you're a part timer? Uh huh. Like you have, you're, you, like you have, like you work six hours a week and you got to have that hair? So everything you're mowing the yard in that hair, you're going to school in that hair. Mm-hmm. That's a commitment. What's called Jurgen's what? Jurgen's yogurt. What if I come in? You're working there. Mm-hmm. I come in like. Do you have Sam Neil's mouth inside? Yeah. You're gonna feed the both mouths. Yes. Oh, I, I've got. I, the roof of Sam Neil's mouth is cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, he, he often heard he was exclaiming on the set of the film. In between shots, third, refer to himself as the third person, <laughs> or first person. I guess is that what it is. Sam Neil's mouth is cold. The roof, my Sam Neil's mouth. Um, Sam Neil wants to know what's happening in this scene. It's Sam Neil's mouth. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty good. I think yeah. both those would work. Yeah. They well, recorded a song, Sam Neil's mouth, to the tune of Betty Davis eyes. And then, so, you're in this movie. You've been placed into the world of mouth, in the mouth of madness. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? What, what role do you take? It's got to be something weirdy. Does it? Um, I would be in the restaurant at the table next to Bernie Casey and Sam Neill. They're talking. I'm eating. I'm, I'm about to order. And then the axe comes through the window, startles everyone. Sam Neill hits the, you know, the, you know, crouches down, expecting to get killed. The cops shoot, you know, the axe wielding maniac mm-hmm. six times, and the camera zooms to me. I go, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a weird job. I'm a bicycle tire repairman. Okay. So I just, I'm, I'm riding like about, you know, just out of sight of Hayden Christensen on, down these highways with a pump. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. Just pump riding. 
<laughs> well, that was they were gonna call this movie in the in the in the mouth of Pump Ride. <laughs> I, th- I got that tattoo still, actually. <laughs> uh, and lastly, you're mm-hmm. on an island, right? I mean, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. What do you bring in? Um. Cool. I'm trying to think. There's so much. There's so much great stuff. There are a lot, a lot of little great things in this movie. Those little covers. I'm taking that Sam Neill cuts up like a puzzle. I'm taking the merch. Oh, the the Sutter Kane merch. Yeah, the Sutter Kane coffee like, cups like and hats, hats and t-shirts. I'm the merch. I got a little section of my island which is merch. Mm-hmm. And you could cut up those the book. Would you take the books? Yeah, you could read the books. Because yeah. at some point, one point, Sam Neill cuts up the covers of the books, makes a map, and they find out where to go to. It's a huge mistake. It's a strange. Yeah, I don't see a map even after he finishes it. Um, I would take um. There's a there's a scene when the Julie Carmen's caressing Jurgen's hair, like in the in the set instead of the back of his head. There's this creature, longish, small Freddy Krueger head thing creature poking out of the back of his head. I'd take that guy. Yeah. He's small. He He's looks like a horror show chicken. He could be my uh, Wilson. I'm bleeding at your doorstep A 
untouched by a blade. I fell.